Cable news, noisy, boring, out of touch. That's why Salem News Channel is different. We keep you in the know. Streaming 24-7 for free. Home to the greatest collection of conservative voices like Dennis Prager, Jay Sekulow, Mike Gallagher, and more. Salem News Channel is unfiltered and unapologetic. Watch anytime, on any screen at snc.tv and local now channel 525 migrants tell reporters they came specifically because of the biden immigration policy this will double the number of people remaining in the United States. California Governor Gavin Newsom balks on reparations because of the mass deficit in his state. We are $1.5 trillion unfunded pension liabilities, so he knows the money isn't there. President Biden and congressional leaders are set to meet over the debt ceiling again this week. What I would like to see us do is focus more attention on the Senate's inability to pass a bill. This is the Daybreak Insider Podcast, your first look at today's top stories for Monday, May 15. I'm Mike Scott. Over the weekend, a reporter from CNN was left shaken when a migrant who they'd been interviewing stated he was crossing the border because of the recent expiration of Title 42. Were you aware of Title 42 and that they were going to open the border com- uh, like before the pandemic? Sí, sí, sí. Por eso viniste, but that's why you came? Claro, igual que mucha gente. Yeah. Okay, well, thank you. Gracias, muchas gracias. Y suerte con tu viaje, Pedro. Uh, Pedro, it represents a lot of the stories here, the migrants that we're uh, hearing on the streets. Uh, so many uh, officials here have told us they are ready for what's coming next, projecting an air of confidence. Sarah, only time will tell if they're right. Sarah. Yeah. Interesting to note that he was well aware of Title 42 uh, coming down. That's what a lot of people are, are worried about. Many critics of the White House's border policies pointed to the exchange as proof that migrants are being drawn to the U.S. southern border by the Biden administration's apparent welcoming approach to migration. Reporter Ali Bradley is on the ground at the southern border and says that While she hasn't seen a deluge of migrants coming over the border, there has been a steady flow. So right now in Brownsville, we are still seeing some people here on the streets. A lot of people are in shelters or they have moved out of the city already. But the reality last night, you're exactly right. We didn't see this huge deluge of migrants storming the border like what we saw in 2019 in Arizona when that migrant caravan rushed the border. So that was what a lot of people expected to happen. And as you mentioned, it really didn't. It was more of a slow, steady trickle. I stood up at the levee and sat there for quite a while after the Title 42 expiration and watched as groups kind of just trickled in. Jesse. So we saw like groups of five, groups of 10, groups of 15, but we didn't see any massive wave come across. Now, there are a lot of different things that are happening right now because we're seeing people still released onto the streets, right? But they are being released under what DHS Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas uh, says are removal proceedings under Title VIII. So that is now the premier removal authority that they will be using now that Title 42 has expired. And I think it's important too to note that Title VIII has been in place for decades and it has been in place for the last two 
years too, Jesse. It just hasn't been the premier removal tool because it takes a little bit longer to process under Title uh, 8 instead of 42. Title 42, an agent might meet up with a, a, a migrant and it can be 90 minutes from meeting until they're back over to Mexico. That's how quick that mm -hmm. process can be. Title 8, it's very different. So it takes more time, more resources, yep. and more bed space too. And of course, all things that we don't really have. Former Deputy Director of Homeland Security Ken Cuccinelli joined the Salem Radio Network to say... This is an invasion, and the guns and military equipment are being financed for the drug cartels in Mexico by the invasion. They are now reportedly making more money from human trafficking than drug trafficking. This week's expiration of Title 42 is going to have far-reaching effects. And that's the assessment of the former Deputy Homeland Security Secretary Ken Cuccinelli. Even without increases in the numbers coming to the border. This will double the number of people remaining in the United States because only Title 42 has resulted in any meaningful deportations at all. Cuccinelli says the amount of people who are in this country illegally is jarring. And yet we have so many people that have come in and stayed illegally after Joe Biden invited them in in his presidency to literally populate the state of Indiana. The former director at Homeland Security says, in his opinion, President Biden is inviting an invasion of our country. When you combine taking down Title 42 and doubling the number of people who will remain illegally, with the increased flows, this is getting unimaginably worse for the United States. It's already unmanageable, and we go quite beyond that. It's literally a voluntary invited invasion by the president of the United States. Meantime, a federal judge has temporarily blocked the Biden administration's plan to begin releasing migrants into the country without a court date for an immigration hearing. It's a two-week delay in response to a lawsuit by the state of Florida. Reporter Allie Bradley lays out the details in that ruling. So basically what happened is... There was a leaked memo that came out. That leaked memo was first from Chief Ortiz that basically stated exactly how the parole process would work on a case-by-case -case basis. Yeah. But they were saying that they were going to authorize it on mass releases. So they said, no, no, no. A judge in Florida said, we're not doing that. So yeah. that is pushed aside for two weeks. However... The attorney general of Texas, Ken Paxton, actually doubled down on that. And he, too, is uh, putting a motion forward for a restraining order to keep Joe Biden from being able to right. use parole as a tool for mass release. And yeah. that that is something that was happening. We heard Karine Jean-Pierre say it wasn't. And we know it was happening. It's, we saw 6,000 people paroled yesterday. It's, it's, so we know parole was being used. Town Hall senior writer Julio Rosas believes the judge's actions are significant. Due to the overwhelming numbers that CBP has had in the, the, these past few weeks, they, they've been needing to release people quickly in order to avoid serious overcrowding. I mean, they, they, they are overcrowded as it is right now. Rosas reports that the judges' actions seem to make sense because immigration hearings are essential. If they're unable to release people without a court date, then, I mean, they said so themselves that they're going to have a lot more overcrowding just because it takes time to process all these people. Rosas reports that the next two weeks will be important in determining the effectiveness of the judge's actions. Hopefully the idea is that it forces 
the Biden administration to, to give out court dates. I mean, at a minimum, but you have to remember some of these court dates are not till 2026, 2027. Uh, but it, it, this is a consequence of of them incentivizing people to, to cross over. With President Biden's decision to end Title 42, he's facing some of the worst polling of his presidency. As he begins to make a case for his re-election campaign, a YouGov survey found that only 17 percent say they want to see the president in office for another four years, with nearly 60 percent saying he was not a strong candidate. Ukraine's president visiting Germany to coordinate weapons donations says a planned counteroffensive against Russia is not intended to attack Russian territory. Daybreak Insider's Jackie Quinn joins us with the very latest in the ongoing war in Ukraine. Ukraine's President Volodymyr Zelensky received a grand welcome in Berlin, where he's met with leaders and held a news conference with German Chancellor Olaf Scholz, who says they stand with Ukraine for as long as necessary. Zelensky was asked about a Washington Post report, which said leaked U.S. documents suggested he had considered trying to capture some Russian territory to use as bargaining chips. Zelensky says he's only trying to get his land back, noting Ukraine did not attack Russian territory and is only seeking to liberate its occupied land. I'm Jackie Quinn. Democrat Governor Gavin Newsom of California seems to be backpedaling on his support for slavery reparations proposed by his task force after months of silence. On Friday, Newsom argued that the legacy of slavery is about more than just cash payments and refused to endorse recommendations made by the task force, which include the handing over of $1.2 million in reparations to each of the state's black residents impacted by slavery. Governor Gavin Newsom is now responding to recent recommendations by California's Reparations Task Force. The task force recently submitted recommendations to lawmakers suggesting up to $1.2 million in damages be paid to black residents. State lawmakers and the governor will have the final say on how much is spent and where the money would come from. In a statement, the governor did give an indication if he'd give back direct payments, saying dealing with that legacy is about much more than cash payments. Much of the recommendations put forward by the task force are critical action items we've already been hard at work addressing. Went on to say he looks forward to working with the legislature to adopt a inclusive and equitable future. According to Assembly Republican Leader James Gallagher, Newsom has painted himself into a corner. He either endorses check payments that will break the banks of California or upset a large part of the Democratic constituency. Former radio host and current GOP presidential hopeful Larry Elder says that Newsom is backtracking because he knows California simply doesn't have the money. California has a $300 billion budget. This would be two and a half times the budget. The budget is already facing a $20 billion deficit. And we are $1.5 trillion unfunded pension liabilities. So he knows the money isn't there. This is all about staving off the recall. This happened uh, during the time that people were gathering signatures for the recall. 
Elder believes that the move is a cynical one to try and buy votes from the black community because Democrats are losing ground among African-American voters. It's about buying votes. You see, what's happened is Donald Trump got 8% of the black vote in 2016. He got 12% in 2020, a 50% increase. 20% of black men voted for Donald Trump. Biden used to have 80% approval rating among blacks. Now it's down to about 50%. So it's going the right way. What to do? What to do? Buy their votes. The GOP presidential candidate lays out what he believes black voters are actually looking for. I think they're looking for somebody uh, who will uh, do something about this ungodly inflation, about the gas prices, uh, about the crime going on, about the awful performance of our public schools. The the Democrats and the unions are joined at the hip. They oppose school choice, which urban uh, black and brown parents want. And they want somebody to do something about the, uh, the border. And Elder says he's not giving up on California. I'm not going to have them push me away. I was born and raised here, and I'm going to turn this thing around. Sooner or later, like a drug addict, the voters who've been voting for these Democrats are going to realize that we've got to change. We've got to do something about uh, the fact that people are leaving, do something about the homelessness, and again, do something about the the incredible cost of living, the average price of a home in California, 175% above the national average, which is the principal reason why people leave. That's got to be turned around, and, and sooner or later, the voters are going to realize that. Political commentator and author Bill O'Reilly believes that the reason Newsom will not back reparations is that he's eyeballing a run for the White House. Newsom, the governor of California, is not going to support this because he wants to be president and he knows if he supports reparations up to 1.2 million for a single African-American living in California, he'll never be elected, ever. So Newsom won't support it, which is a good thing, okay? So the reparation thing we went over yesterday, all the insanity, it's a socialist communist manifesto, give everything to African Americans, everything, okay? Healthcare, schooling, whatever it may be, guaranteed income, even if you don't work. It's insane. But Newsom not going to get behind it. California's budget deficit has soared to nearly $32 billion. Unlike the federal government, California must pass a balanced budget every year. But in the future, it would commit the state to spending more money than it is projected to have. Under Newsom's plan, the deficit would be $5 billion next year and grow to $14 billion by 2027. A former prosecutor in New York City District Attorney Alvin Bragg's office refuses to answer questions. Daybreak Insider's Keith Peters has more on this story. The ex-prosecutor who once oversaw Manhattan's investigation of former President Trump repeatedly declined to substantively answer questions at a closed-door meeting of the House Judiciary Committee. But Mark Pomerantz, the former prosecutor, said Friday he was invoking his Fifth Amendment rights because he was legally and ethically barred from revealing grand jury details. Pomerantz was subpoenaed by the House Committee chaired by Republican Congressman Jim Jordan, the panel's probing how District Attorney Alvin Bragg handled Trump's indictment. Keith Peters reporting. A meeting on the debt ceiling was postponed on Friday and rescheduled for this week as staffers from the White House and Congress continued their private talks. 
Lawmakers are facing a deadline as soon as early June to raise the debt ceiling or risk default. Speaking with the Salem Radio Network, former Missouri GOP Senator Jim Talent doubts the motives of the White House. I don't think Biden has any intention of coming to an agreement. What I would like to see us do is focus more attention on the Senate's inability to pass a bill. In other words, if these negotiations were not going on, the question would be, well, what is Chuck Schumer going to do in the Senate? Talent says that it's been difficult for Senate Democrats to pass anything, let alone a clean bill on the debt ceiling. The Democrats can't pass anything there. They can't pass a clean, they can't get to 50 votes, much less 60. And so I think what, what we have to see what happens if these negotiations break down and the attention focuses on the Senate's inability to pass a bill. The former Missouri governor and senator believes that Joe Biden is trying to break down Republicans and explains why that simply won't work. I think what Biden wants is to break McCarthy and the Republicans down. I don't think he can do that, in part because they've passed a bill. In other words, they've passed legislation which will prevent a default. It's The ball is now in the Senate's corner to do something. Now, if Biden can try and motivate the Senate, but if, if it fails at this point, it's because the Senate hasn't been able to pass a bill. Meantime, Democrats are looking to ensure that they keep the debt ceiling separate from a spending cut package. For his part, Speaker Kevin McCarthy will have to extract significant concessions from the White House to win enough Republican backing without jeopardizing his speakership. Any talk of digital currency in Florida is dead. Daybreak Insider's Tasha Stevens takes a look at the new Florida legislation. On Friday, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis signed legislation effectively banning any central bank digital currency in Florida. DeSantis said the goal of the legislation is to protect the financial independence of Floridians as what he described as federal bureaucrats pushed the idea of a central bank digital currency, or CBDC. DeSantis recalled how President Biden announced the formation of a task force last year that would examine a digital currency. DeSantis said that he didn't think the Biden administration would have done that if they didn't intend on using a digital currency, a digital dollar that the government could use to track every purchase that you make and control the money that you can spend. Tasha Stevens reporting. University professor in Florida has broken the record for the longest time living underwater without depressurization. We get more on this story from our Daybreak Insider, Jason Walker. 74-year-old Joseph Dituri submerged March 1st in a Key Largo Lodge for scuba divers and doesn't plan to resurface until June 9th. That will be when the mission reaches 100 days. He spent the record-breaking day at the bottom of a 30-foot-deep lagoon, much like previous days, sitting around eating eggs and salmon prepared by the microwave. He also exercises with resistance bands and doing his daily push-ups. The Project Neptune 100 mission combines medical and ocean research with educational outreach. Jason Walker reporting. And finally, a pair of police officers from Oklahoma responded to one of the strangest calls they've ever encountered. The duo was investigating a report of a person yelling for help, only to discover that the distressed person wasn't a person at all, 
but really just an upset goat. I think it's a person. According to the Enid Police Department's Facebook posting, officers David Sneed and Neil Story were concerned because when they arrived at the scene, the goat sounded just like a person. That's a person. As they got closer, the officers were greeted by the goat's owner and, uh, after apologizing, explained the animal was upset because he had been separated from one of his buddies. As a goat? I'm standing outside in her back I'm like, I hear it. I don't know if it's an animal or a person, but sure enough, we're walking over here. I'm like, that's a person. Yeah, from a long distance, I was like, help. Goats are very sociable animals and therefore actually do become depressed if they're separated or isolated from their companions. All in all, the police officers said, quote, you really can't say that it was that bad of a call, end quote. Subscribe to the Daybreak Insider podcast at Apple or Google Podcast, Spotify, or SalemPodcastNetwork.com. Get our companion Daybreak Insider newsletter each morning at DaybreakInsider.com. Ongoing coverage of breaking news and commentary at SRNNews.com and TownHall.com. Thanks for starting your day with us. I'm Mike Scott.